This peace Jesus offers doesn't take away our fears. It doesn't remove us from our suffering. It doesn't eliminate the pain. No, this peace Jesus offers actually empowers us to get up in the midst of our fear and to love. In the midst of our pain, to go and to share and to encourage and know that no matter what comes next, no matter how this coronavirus progresses, no matter how much the economy struggles as a result, no matter what, he is risen. It'll be okay. And he's with you and he's for you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay, because faith is not about having it all figured out, and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before He'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8, located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Good morning, Point. It is so good to gather with you today. I am so thankful that we get together, even in this unique time where you're safer at home and encouraged to stay home. I've had so many opportunities this week as I helped Emily and we delivered those Holy Week bags. Uh, As I got to call some of you and reach out to you, I've had so many opportunities where I have seen God at work in this crazy time. And one really encouraging thing for me personally, I received a message earlier this week. Uh, Some of you know that I lived in Germany for almost a whole year of my life, and it was a wonderful year where I grew a bunch. And I received a message earlier this week from my German host mom, and she told me that they were going to be joining us for Easter this morning. And it was such a cool reminder that in the midst of this crazy, some really cool things get to happen. Like in the midst of this crazy season, My family that I haven't seen in years gets to join us for Easter. And so I'm so thankful that we get to worship together, whether you're in Germany or in your living room or watching from your bed, wherever you're at, we're still together. I was reminded this morning that with the exception of the first Easter, Jesus has spent every other Easter at home with his family. So keep that in mind today. Now, living in Germany was wonderful, but it came with some challenges. For starters, I didn't know German very well when I moved there. And there's a moment that is funny now, but at the time was a little intimidating and kind of scary. It was my first day of school. You see, I was living in Germany as an exchange student, and I'd learned a little bit of German. I knew the basics, but not much. And then when you threw in the accents of people and people speaking fast, I was kind of in over my head. But it came time for the first day of school and a friend of mine, he took me to to school, he showed me around, he was helping me all day long. But the very last class of the day, we had a different class schedule. And so we went different ways and he had arranged for someone else to help me get on the bus and get home after school. But due to a miscommunication, that never happened. 
So at the end of my first day in school in Germany, not really knowing what's going on, I found myself waiting for a bus, not knowing which bus or even where I needed to go as far as what my final destination was. I found myself watching as the crowds began to disperse and the buses began to leave and then it started raining and I thought, now what? Where do I turn? Thankfully, another student in English told me to just get on a bus. It's going to take me to the train station and from there I could get home, wherever home was. So I got on a bus that was too crowded, soaking wet from the rain, a little bit cold. The bus driver was yelling at me, though I'm not quite sure what he was saying. And I got off at the train station, still not sure where to go. And I stood there awkwardly trying to find somebody I would recognize, hoping in that moment that I'd find some way home. And the crowds continued to disperse and the train came and went and the buses left and I found myself alone. Cold and wet, confused and a little bit scared. I ended up making it home later that day. I found a payphone. I, I managed to call them and stumble through German and they came and got me and we laughed about it later. But in the moment I was alone and cold and confused and a little bit scared. I'm sure there have been times in your life, too, where you've been alone and confused and scared, where fear has come up out of nowhere in a situation that should have been good and it became quickly bad. Those times when you're confused and hurting, where your family has left you, where the doctor tells you you're sick and he doesn't know how to treat you, those times when you're at home for days and weeks on end and the news you see on TV and on Facebook is telling you this is the end of the world as we know it. Everything is falling apart. It's so easy to be filled with fear. What do we do as Christians in that time when fear drives us? What do we do when we feel alone and scared and confused? In all four of the Gospels, something pretty neat happens. As they recount the resurrection this Easter morning, as they share the story that Jesus has risen from the dead, in all four accounts, they share how the disciples felt. They were afraid. They were scared. And who wouldn't be, to be honest? See, they had just witnessed the man they thought was God, the man they thought was their Messiah, the one they thought was their hope for all eternity to set them free. They watched him as he suffered, as he was tortured, as he hung like a criminal on a cross. They watched him die and his body be laid in the tomb. They watched as their world fell apart. Of course I'd be afraid be scared, confused. I do the only natural thing, which is what they did. They ran and they hid in a room. They locked themselves into the house. They quarantined themselves and said, we'll isolate until we figure out now what? We'll isolate until this all passes. But Jesus is not a God who wants us to live this life of fear. This life of isolation, this life of running from the things that scare us. And so he does something incredible. 
It, it says in John chapter 20, in verse 19, it, it says that on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, describes the situation of where they are and where Jesus shows up to them. Where Jesus breaks into their isolation and breaks into their fear and breaks into their pain and their confusion and their hurt with something greater. They're hiding there with their doors locked. And we're going to look today at Luke chapter 24. This is the account of the resurrection we're going to focus on. Remember, the disciples are alone in a room. They're locked in this place, hiding for their lives, afraid. What now? Where do we turn for hope? Verse 36. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. The very first thing you need to hear today in the midst of any fear or loneliness or isolation, confusion about what's next, this Easter morning is about these, this promise and these words. Peace to you. Peace. Jesus, he breaks in through their locked door. He shows up in the room and immediately they're afraid and he says, Peace. It'll be okay. And then he continues, it's, or the, the story continues, it says, But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. Even though they've already heard accounts that Jesus is risen. They've already seen the empty tomb. Some of them have seen Jesus in person already that morning. They're still frightened when he shows up. Scared. They thought they'd seen a ghost. To be... To be totally honest, I think I would feel the same. I mean, when in your life has somebody close to you died and three days later they rose from the dead? When in your life has somebody you cared about shown up after they died? They were afraid they thought he was a ghost. And he continues, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. See, Jesus, he broke into their quarantine, their isolation, their time by themselves in fear and loneliness. And he broke in and said, peace, see my hands, see my feet, see the very wounds which you saw inflicted on Friday. Now I'm risen with these scars, these scars to remind you who I am and who you are. These scars to remind you what I have done and what I am still doing. These scars to bring you peace in the midst of fear. Peace be to you. Then it continues. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And they took it and ate before them. I love the simplicity of Jesus. The, the simplicity with which he comes to them. He shows up in their fear and their panic and their isolation. 
He breaks through that door after coming out of the tomb and rising from the dead. He comes in and says, look at me, peace. See my scars? They're proof of who I am. They're proof of what I've done. By the way, I'm kind of hungry. Do you have any food? And they begin to eat with Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I find that eating brings comfort when I'm afraid. And I wonder what it was like for them as they watched Jesus eat in amazement, as they marveled and were still filled with disbelief for their joy. See, when Jesus breaks in and Jesus shows up, when he rises from the dead, it's an astonishing thing. They were so overjoyed that they were still filled with disbelief. How could this be? How could something so wonderful, so truly great be? How could this man who I saw die be alive? And it continues. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Jesus breaks through these barriers. He comes into their life and he gives them something wonderful. He says, look, I'm going to give you understanding of all that is written. Your confusion will go away. I will give to you understanding that you will know who I am and what I've done. See, it was spoken of in advance. It was promised to you even by me. I said this would happen and now it has. And if I, Jesus, can fulfill the things I have spoken... What hope do you have in the things to come? If I can do the very impossible and die and rise again, surely I can do everything else I promised. And Jesus speaks his words, the words of scripture, and opens their minds to understanding. Truly, this is the Christ, the one who sets us free, who saves us from sin. In his name, there is forgiveness of all sins. In his name, there is peace that surpasses understanding. In his name, there is purpose. You see, what happens next is he tells them this, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. There's this promise given to the disciples. Because I am risen, because I am God, because he is who he said he is, and he did what he said he would do, they're filled with power. Power to go from Jerusalem, that place of fear, that place of isolation, that place of confusion, to leave there and to begin to share as witnesses this good news, this hope and this glory and this joy which they witnessed, which they saw with their eyes, they felt his wounds, this is their purpose, to go and share. The last 2,000 years, a lot has changed. This world looks very different today than it did then. But in many ways, it's still just the same. 
you and I as believers in Jesus, those who are filled with this promise, often can look at the world around us and be overcome with confusion and pain and fear. And we can run and we can hide. But this Easter morning, Jesus is here to say to you and to me, peace be to you. Peace. And he's here this morning to fill us with hope that this God who conquered the grave, who broke through these doors and came into their locked room, this God who can break through their hearts and minds and fill them with understanding, he is living today to do the same for you and me. So church, in the midst of your loneliness and your hurting and your fears, I want to encourage you this morning to look to his wounds. By his scars, you can be reminded that you are his. Peace be to you. Jesus, before he died, he, he told them that he came to give life and life abundant. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to look at this no ordinary life. This promise that our life as Christians looks different than our life before. And it's not abandoning the things we used to love and suddenly abandoning the friends we used to have. No, our life now as Christians starts from this place of peace. No matter what we face, no matter what goes on around us. If we look to the world, we will only see fear and trouble. But when we look to Jesus, we're filled with peace and a promise of his power to go with us that wherever we go, However we get there, whether it's in person or online, whatever we do, we can be witnesses to this hope and this abundant life he gives. The interesting thing that I love about this story is the disciples, having experienced the risen Jesus, encountering and meeting him in person, they leave this locked room and they go into the world to do the very things he told them to do. And you know what happens? Along the way, they suffer, and most of them die. This peace Jesus offers doesn't take away our fears. It doesn't remove us from our suffering. It doesn't eliminate the pain. No, this peace Jesus offers actually empowers us to get up in the midst of our fear, to love, in the midst of our pain, to go and to share and to encourage and know that no matter what comes next, no matter how this coronavirus progresses, no matter how much the economy struggles as a result, no matter what, he is risen. It'll be okay. And he's with you and he's for you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you showed up to that room after coming out of that tomb. You arrived in their place of loneliness and fear and confusion. You broke into that place where they didn't know what happened next. And you gave them peace and a promise for purpose. God, you broke into that place of pain and suffering and you showed them your wounds. By your wounds, we are healed. God, we pray this Easter morning that you would fill us, your people, with peace. That in the midst of a world that's going crazy, 
when fear and anxiety and confusion and chaos run rampant around us, that your peace fill us. And may we live as people not afraid of the things to come, but empowered and confident that you are risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Church, as we continue our worship this morning, we are going to collect an offering. And something really cool has happened this week. Uh, So earlier this week, I received multiple messages, some emails, some Facebook messages, people reaching out that said, Adam, we have been blessed financially and we want to help those who are hurting right now. In fact, Wednesday evening, I had three different people reach out in the span of like 20 minutes saying, how can we help others in need right now? And so we have on Rebel Give, our online giving platform, we have set up an opportunity if you are in a place right now financially to help others and you would like to give above and beyond your normal giving, you would like to bless others who are hurting, there's an opportunity on there called Community Support which is a chance for you to give money that we're gonna set aside and use exclusively to serve one another and love those who are hurting. Now, I don't know where you're at financially. Maybe you have a couple dollars to give. Maybe you're sitting on a jackpot and have a lot of money to give. I wanna encourage you with this. Uh, Whatever God places on your heart to give, we're giving as an opportunity to share this peace that God gives. For those who are hurting and struggling to say, we will provide food, we'll help you with the rent, we'll do whatever we can to say, you are loved in this time. You can go online to thepointknox.com, click on that blue giving icon and give that way. For those of you who prefer cash and check, you can give via cash and check by driving through a Regions Bank drive through There's the account number here on the screen in a moment that you'll have available. Uh, Not the whole account number, just the last four digits. And that should help you uh, direct the, the gift to the right account. Not only this, if you prefer, uh, you can mail in a gift to our P.O. box, which will also be on the screen. However you choose to give, whatever you choose to give, thank you for joining us and sharing this good news, this hope and this promise of Jesus. And thank you for partnering with us and loving those who are hurting in this time of fear and bringing peace to those in need. However you give, whatever you give, remember this. We don't give to get God's love. We give because we already have it. Hey guys, every week we invite questions and Easter is no different. We believe questions are a really healthy part of faith to help us grow in understanding. And thankfully, a lot of questions came in today. So here goes. The first one, why did it take three days for Jesus to rise again? Why not sooner? Uh, I don't know. Could Jesus have risen sooner? Surely. Um, But all along, he promised that for three days he'd be in the grave and then he'd rise again. Uh, He said that that the sign of of God's coming would be like that of Jonah, three days in the belly of a whale. Um, So could he have done it quicker? Probably. Um, But he told us he'd do it in three, so he did what he said. And I would also speculate that perhaps if he had come back sooner, people would have thought he wasn't actually ever dead. Um, Perhaps they would have considered, oh, he was just wounded, but now he's healed. Um, So three days really confirmed he was actually dead, truly dead, and uh, now he's alive again. All right, this is more of a Good Friday question, but when Jesus died on the cross, it says the curtain was torn from top to bottom and the dead bodies of the saints became alive again. What happened to those who lived again? Did they live for years to come or just minutes? I don't know. 
Uh, it's never really talked about, even in the writings outside of scripture. Nobody really addresses the fact that it says people came back from the dead right then and there. Uh, and so I think the reason it's included is to show us this promise that his death actually did finish what he said he would do. And there's this hope of the resurrection to come. Um, some speculate that that was actually added later to describe an event that happened after his resurrection. Um, I don't really know what happened to those bodies or to those people, um, but it's there. It says they rose. My guess is they lived again a normal life for a, a normal life for a time, and then they, like you and I, died. And and well, we're not dead yet, but someday we will be. They died, and uh, when we die, we'll rest until uh, Christ returns and gives us new life everlasting. All right, next question before I dig a deep hole. Yeah. If I have bread and wine at home, is that communion? Great question. Uh, communion is more than just bread and wine. It's the promise of God's presence with us. It's something that occurs in community together. Um, it's something that all throughout Scripture is actually about the people of God together and not separate. So can communion be done in homes? Absolutely. And there's a time and a place for that. In fact, uh, we're looking at ways to bring communion to your house in this, uh, this time of quarantine. We're looking for ways to bring communion to you. Um, I would say, generally speaking, just eating bread and wine is not communion. There's something more that happens there in the community of faith. Um, could you do it with a small community of, of believers in your household? Yeah, that's certainly possible. Um, now, there is a warning in Scripture that, that eating and drinking communion uh, with the wrong attitude is actually bad. So maybe I would do it cautiously or ask some questions first. All right, next, this person, uh, I, in missing Elijah and being in worship with him, yeah, I miss worshiping with Elijah too. Uh, my son, he's super fun to worship with. Uh, in missing with uh, him, uh, I yelled hallelujah during the opening song. Thank you. I'm sure he did too. So you did it together from a distance. Um, all right, next up, uh, what suggestions do you have regarding self-discipline? How do I make myself exercise or eat less? <sighs> I, I don't know. Um, my answer is you don't. You don't make yourself change. We as a people are people of habit and we don't just change because we willed it to happen. If that were the case, I would have stopped sinning a long time ago. But the problem is self-control is actually a fruit of the Spirit, something God gives us. And so if you're lacking self-control and self-discipline, what I suggest is begin doing little things that can build discipline. Uh, begin doing little things with other people. So maybe commit to, I'm going to do an exercise video at noon with friends via Zoom. I'm going to uh, join Weight Watchers and that way I can track and monitor what I'm eating and have community to help me. Um, you won't make yourself change on your own, most likely. But with community, with support, with encouragement, with consistency, you can begin to change and begin to see progress towards your goals and the things you're working for. All right. Finally, if you go through the Regents uh, drive-through, they might get confused because there's multiple uh, point or multiple the point accounts. Uh, uh, supposedly, the point's not the only point with Regents Bank. Um, I suggest go through, give them the last four of our account that was listed on the screen, as well as perhaps our zip code, which you can find online, thepointknox.com is our, our P.O. box. Give them that P.O. box, it should come up. Um, 
in this text it also said Middlebrook. I'm not sure why an address on Middlebrook would come up. Um, although our legal address is listed as Grace Lutheran Church, all of our mailing address is the P.O. Box. So if you have questions, uh, even if you're in the drive-thru, please feel free to call and I'll help make sure it gets donated to the right place. Thank you for your generosity. Um, thank you for partnering with us. And I hope and I pray that this Easter be an extra special one, one that you remember for years to come. So church, with those questions addressed, here's what's left. A blessing. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ till he returns or brings you home. May you walk with the hope that he is risen indeed. Amen. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8, located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.